Two Recruiters, One Mike. A podcast brought to you by Talent United, where we talk about business, people, and the business of people. That's Dion Hart. And that is Gary Banks. This is the radio. Well, welcome back to uh, episode 39, Gas. Wow. Of two Recruiters, One Mike. We're, we're almost at 40. How about that? There you go. If, I, if only I was almost at 40 rather than being on the wrong side of 50. Can you remember 40? Can you remember I'll being 40? I'll tell you 40? what, my 40th birthday was uh, an absolute cracker. I wouldn't know. You weren't there. I didn't get invited. Well, you probably did, but you just didn't turn up. No, I didn't get invited. I don't think I got invited. Okay, all right. Well, there was a reason for that. Probably. <laughs> and that's probably fair. <laughs> all right, so today uh, today we're going to we're gonna have a chat about something that came out of a conversation with a, with, that we were having, or I was having with a client I don't know, maybe a week or a couple of weeks ago, and this client said, "How is it?" We were talking about Seek, and we were saying it's not very, you know, great. Um, apologies to anyone who works at Seek, not. Uh, and they said this. He said, "How are you basically? How are you able to get people that we can't get?" And I said, "Well, there's a bunch of reasons, but the main reason is that we take a very proactive approach to your recruitment, and you know, most people." take a very reactive approach. Most companies, certainly, most organisations and a lot of agencies take a very reactive um, approach to recruitment. And he said, well, what do you mean? And I, so I told him a little bit about it. And then I thought maybe we'll do a podcast about it because it's really, um, I see you pulling a face at me. Okay, it was sort of your idea to do the podcast on, on, uh, on proactive recruitment. But nonetheless... Here we are. So we thought we would uh, ha- have a bit of a chat about being proactive in your with your talent acquisition or recruitment strategy as opposed to being reactive because, and, and we talk a little bit in here about, um, in, in the Talent United office, about playing chess versus playing checkers. Ooh, Another one of your lines, Gaz, that you brought to the table. Uh, and, and it really is about, if you think about it, well, the way we look at it is is uh, recruitment or talent acquisition is really like a game of chess. And I don't play chess, but I know enough about it to know that the moves that win the games are set up, you know, heaps and heaps of moves prior, right? So four or five moves, you know, you're thinking four or five moves ahead. And that's certainly how um, a, lo- a lot of the organisations who source talent really well, they are doing things, essentially they're doing things before they need to be doing them because they want to reap the benefits of them, you know, in yeah. the future. Would you say it's true? Yeah, yeah. I, absolutely. And it's like people sometimes think, well, how can I be proactive? Because, you know, I, I don't know you know, what I need. I'm, I'm just, someone's left to so have to fill the position. And that, and I guess the, the first thing is probably to define what is the difference between that proactive and, and reactive. Um, and it's it's a lot of what you've just, just said then. The, the reactive side of things is, oh, my God, someone's left. We need to do that. We need to fill that um, right now. Or I've just been given a, you know, if you're an HR or talent acquisition person, I've just been given a requisition and we've got approval for that role, so I need to, to start on that now, but they want it straight away. Yeah, so like it's, everything. Yeah, it's, it's, so it's just... The, the wheels are, t- are turning in the car and spinning in the mud and just not going anywhere because you're starting from ground zero and you, you need to do this straight away. And so we, the old days we used to call it was recruiting out of fear and panic because that's yeah, what it is. You just, yeah. oh, my God, we need somebody here. We've got to do it. And so it's all rushed. It's not planned. It's not strategic. 
It's just trying to get that bum on the seat, basically, um, of somebody there. That's that is being full on in reactive yeah. mode. Yeah, because I guess most organisations are trying to skate by with the minimum number of staff that they need to operate their business, which is that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's arguably it's commercially sound to do that. But what that means is that when you get hit from left field with a resignation, it is panic stations because yeah. now there's a there's an empty seat in the business, there's an empty role, and that's going to mean that might mean missing out on revenue. It might mean putting other staff under pressure. Uh, it might mean you can't, you know, deliver services to your clients. You end up losing clients. There's a whole bunch of different stuff. So we, you, you can understand why organisations get uh, a bit freaked out and they get a bit panicked. But I guess what we're saying, and Gary will explain, you know, what we mean by reactive recruitment in a minute. But if you have been able to take some steps prior to that, it just sort of softens the blow a little bit on when somebody comes in and says, hey, I'm leaving. Mm. You go, oh, shit, okay, that's not ideal. But at least we've got some, at least the wheels are turning already. Yeah, we've got, we've got something in play. There's a game plan, there's a strategy, uh, and there's been some actions that have actually taken place yeah. prior, to, prior to that happening. I, I just I want to drop back to the, one of the points you said about how you know, organisations will often want to try and go as lean as possible and just you know what they need to go by. I mean, that in some ways is the mindset of an organisation that just needs to to trickle by. If you're in a growth mindset as an organisation, yeah, you, you, should, you should be wanting to try and, yeah, uh, in the, you know, the, they use the term a lot of the, my accountants, shout out to my accountants, my homies. Um, <laughs> Your homies, oh homies. God. <laughs> Can we start again? <laughs> yeah, they, they, yeah, they, they, it's about being lean, but then they say it, it, you, it's fat, you know, it's fat that you've got on there yeah. and you've got to trim, trim the fat. But you, know, you, you keep the fat for when you know, you're know you in the winter and you've got to live off that. So you've got to have that fat there. What it does is it forces you, you know, through the accounting firm stuff, you know, for the partner of the firm, if they've now got enough people there, it forces them to go out and get some more yeah, work. Yeah, true. You know, and it gets you in that continual growth mindset. So you've got things covered. It also, I don't know if anyone's you know got the, the memo yet, but most people feel like that they're overworked mm, at the moment. Yeah. So if you're able to, to carry more people on, you're going to give that job satisfaction to your current employees. So, you know, my, my, my thinking on that should be we, we should always be able to just carry a little bit more that you want in addition to getting these things in place um, you know, in the background. Yeah, because it is, I guess, you know, most businesses uh, most businesses want to grow, but if you're at a point where you, you know, cap- capacity and, you know, demand is e- dead equal, then how do you grow? Because your people are flat out and then you win more work and you just push people a little bit harder and then someone leaves and you're recruiting anyway. So there's definitely an argument there for having a little bit more capacity than you need and you fill up that capacity with business growth, which yep. you're going to be trying to get anyway. So, so give us before we dive into the specifics, how how would you define uh, proactive recruitment? So it's it's just doing something ahead of when you need somebody. Yep. It's probably the easiest way to to look at it. Uh, and it comes down, and, and all the HR and talent acquisition people will know these these terms. But it's a workforce planning. That's yep. where it sort of starts. Uh, you need to look at what this you know, the next or whatever time it is, it's normally 12 months is what we look at. You know, this next year, you know, what does that look like? What type of people are we are we going to need? Um, the proper, the, the pipelining stuff that we do, we've talked about that in, in the past and probably banging on that for about the last year or so, goes that uh, probably a couple of steps further than that altogether. But as a base level, it's about having a plan as to what the people you, you're going to need 
at least over the next 12 months. Yep. So that's where it starts. And then starting to do something about it. Okay, so that's sort of the proactive part comes with it. Mm-hmm. Having the plan and just sitting on it and, and, well, that's very nice. I know what I need, but not doing anything, you know, is probably not the way to go about it. You know, some of these plans, when, when the HR people and the, the business leaders and the unit leaders or whatever, depending on the size of the organisation, they sit down and they look at it. You know, they might put it into quarters and they go, all right, well, we don't need that particular hire until quarter four. Yeah. So they'll go, well, let's just forget about that until quarter four. That, that's putting yourself back into that reactive mindset because, oh, geez, quarter four's come up and I'll have to do it now. Yep. You start quarter four stuff at quarter one. Yeah. You know, and you start, you, you don't put as much emphasis on it as you do on others that are more, you know, mission critical. Yeah. But you, you start the process of looking for that, you know, ahead of time. Yeah. I tend to sort of sum it up really, really roughly as figure out who it is you're going to need, get them together in a, get them together in a group somehow that you're able to communicate with and talk to them even when you don't need them so that when you do need them, they know who you are, they like you, hopefully they trust you, you've built a brand, you've built some brand awareness, we'll talk about EVP in a minute, but you've built some brand awareness around being an employer and when you do need to talk to them, there's at least some some awareness, some familiarity there with the people that you want to talk to. It, it comes, you know, it's the old, you know, that old marketing business development thing of a warm lead versus a, a cold yeah, lead. That's, you know, yeah, you, that's you, a good you, way to look at it. You're actually, you've got it, they're, they're preconditioned, they're ready to, to receive a message from you. And look, this is, this whole conversation, I guess, is it forms the, the, the secret source that we do as, as recruiters. Uh, and, you know, I guess with us being not just probably a recruiter, but more a, a talent strategist yeah. um, of, of what you're doing. And, you know, we, we're going to tell everybody, and I think this is probably over the course of a few podcasts and not perhaps just this Yeah, one. I don't think we can sum it up in 25 minutes. No, uh, it, it's going to be, um, okay, well, here, this is the steps that you would take to, to truly have a, a fully proactive recruitment and get the talent pipelining and getting people there. You know, so as you say, it breaks it down to where well, you've got to find, first of all, you've got to find these, these yep. people and then that, and that, that brings into the sourcing side of things, which in and of itself is a whole conversation. Yeah, yeah, um, at and least. Then, and then it's, okay, well, so then how do you set them up in the groups and then how do you market uh, to those groups and, and what do you market uh, and how do you do, have, when you're marketing that, that EVP, as we, as we said, which is employee value proposition, how do you develop that again? Which is a whole other conversation again. Yep. So, yeah, th- this is probably going to expand out just from that that one you know conversation about how you guys get people ahead of how time. Get, well, yeah. well, here is it. This is it. This is the how. You, this is possibly how you recruit without using a recruiter. Yeah, well, it's probably if you do large scale recruitment, it's certainly you know, and that may not even be as to the extent of what people call volume recruitment. But if you if you recruit. You know, multiples are the same type of person. This is this is you know potentially how to get some of them without using a recruiter anyway. But yeah. you know, you use the term talent strategist, and it all sounds a bit flash. But you know, that is really as far as the work that we're doing. That's where we are doing more and more of our work now. And uh, rather than yeah, you know, we can fill roles, of course, and we do whenever clients need them. But more and more all the time, we're having you know twelve month conversations with our clients around right. Well, what is what does the next twelve months look like? And then what is a strategy to get us through the next 12 months? And it, it's odd. As I say that, it's a bit odd because there'd be a lot of, there'd be a lot of areas of, of an organisation where they would sit down and forecast, you know, the next 12 months. What does the next 12 months look like? And it might, that might be, 
um, maintenance, it might be their need for finance, it might be raw materials, it could be logistics. They'll look at it and go, okay, what's our 12-month strategy to get through this? But very, very few people, certainly that we talk to, are sitting down and having a 12-month conversation or having a conversation around building a 12-month strategy around getting people. Yep. And those that, and even those that do, like they'll do their workforce plan because it's part of the, the, the business plan and the strategy yeah. and the business plan. We need to know what our people looks like. That's our plan. That's great. And it goes, you know, bottom drawer. And then we'll stuff. get, we'll get, we'll come back to it when we need those we people need, that we yeah, said we need. That 100%. Yep. And that, so that's, I guess, the, is the first fault. The, the, the difficult bit about all of this, and I guess the reason why we can do it you know, probably better than others, is that this is all that we, we do. We work around. This is what around we do. Space. This is how we work. This is what we do. And it, th- this type of thing is, it can be quite time intensive. It quite, can quite be labour intensive. Yep. There are tools, and you know you can use the the, the internet, which all the kids are using nowadays, and uh, and and you can use all sorts of online stuff to to get to people. Um, but then it becomes you know a time and a person. Yeah. That's sort of reaching out and having those conversations. Yeah. Um, it, it drags back. There was um, there was uh, a book. Oh, it would have been probably early 2000s that that this sort of concept first came out um, and it introduced the the topic of benchwarming. Um, Okay. It it was was about finding the A players and it was benchwarming. And it it, it was probably the precursor to this sort of stuff. And it was around, you know, it was just if you find somebody that you want to work for, you talk to them ahead of time. Yeah. And and then even when you haven't got a job, job on to give them and that forms a tenant of what we do it's part yeah. of what we do but it, it's not that's not the whole process there's a lot more uh, into it uh, apart from that yeah and it's and I guess it's easy to understand why organizations are, a lot of them aren't doing that because you know firstly who has the time right like you said before it's time consuming it is time consuming and I understand you know I ask clients quite often you know when we're talking about what we do I'll say to them well when was the last time you had a conversation with a potential employee when you didn't need to hire them or you didn't need to hire anyone. And they're like, they look at me as if I've asked them to split the atom. Like, why, why would we do that? And, you know, well, because it's, it's being proactive. That's exactly what we're talking about. And, and it is time-consuming, but it's, you know, it's what we do. So I guess for us it makes, arguably, it makes a bit more sense for us to make the time to do it because it, it's what forms the, the, the mechanism of our business is having conversations with people all the time whether we have a job for them or not, because then we might need them tomorrow or we go about trying to find them a role. But even if you're in an organisation, you should be, if someone, if you identify someone has the skills and experience and they look like the right sort of person that you might want in your business at some stage, make the time to sit down with them and have a coffee. Get to know them, leave a good impression on them because that forms the part of the first part of your... Talent pipeline. EVP. EVP, oh, there you go. <laughs> See, I should have given you a heads up. I can't pick up clues. So employer value proposition, Gaz, what, what is it? Sum, sum it up for us. Oh, it, so it's what you bring to the table. It's the, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's, it is. It's, um, we sometimes use a term, um, people are leaving, for, and, the, and it, when, when it actually happens that they make a move, it's a combination of push and pull factors. A push factor is what's getting them out of the door yep. of where they are at the moment. A pull factor is what's bringing them into the door into your organisation. And so your EVP could probably summarise as that's the pull factor. That's the stuff that makes them, what, what makes you a good place to work. You know, and it, you know, it, it's, they talk it across the board. I mean, there are specifics on, on role. So what makes that a particularly interesting role to have? That's one thing. But this is more along the lines of 
for everybody that works here. Why do we come and work here? Why do I work for you when I could probably drive past 10 places that look exactly the same as you yep. on my way to work? Uh, so why do I pick you? And and it's it's really it, people saying, well, well, why would they pick me? You know, I actually had I, 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 not a word of a lie. Um, you know, I had a, a potential client that we were talking on the phone and I, and I asked them that question. I said, well, why would they come and work for you and no one else? And he goes, oh, we're pretty much just the same. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, well, that, that's that got to change. That makes your job tough. Yeah. That makes yeah. it tough. So, yeah, yeah if you're – and you've got to look at – when we have the conversation about EVP with probably somebody, maybe someone who's even an expert in this, but it's it's got to be – you know what makes you attractive um, to, to this organisation, and 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 is that attractive to the drive right people that you're you're looking for? Yeah, you you might think it's you might think it's a real benefit of working for your organisation, but it might actually not be. And, yes. and again, it's you know we talk often about recruitment is is in no no small part marketing, and EVP is exactly the same. You have to you have to identify who it is that you're trying to um, who is it that you're trying to impress essentially who is it that you're trying to impress who is it that you're trying to reach and then what do they want if you understand what they want there and you know i guess you could say with the whole work from home hybrid get your aspect to the office you know argument that's still going on on linkedin there's a lot of organizations that just simply don't understand what their people want now and they certainly don't uh they certainly uh, some of them don't understand what new hires want yeah. and you know I, I hear you talking every now and then and I can tell, I can tell by what you say that the person on the phone has said, "Oh no, we want them in the office five days a week," yeah. because you generally have a look on your face like it's not great, yeah. and it's well, going to make it tough. And and that that is a, that to me that is an example of that person not really understanding what the person they want wants. Yes, there's lots of wants in there. There is a lot of wants, but, but the I person that you want to secure to your business, what do they want? Yeah. Because if you offer that, then you're starting to then you're starting to offer some sort of employee value proposition. But if you're just saying, well, we have these things and we think they're great, but they're crap, that, that's not, there's no value there at all. Yeah, well, that, that, and the work from home thing is probably the biggest case in point of what it probably isn't nowadays. It's a, yeah, it used exactly. to be the case you know, pre-COVID where they say, hey, we have a flexible work policy. Yep. We can, you can work one day a week or you can work two days a week from home. Um, and that was, that's one of the attractions of coming to work for us. And then COVID happened, and then everyone had to do yeah. that. Uh, and so now some are going back. So if you're, you're not offering that at least, I mean, obviously there's certain roles that if it's on site, you can't yeah. actually physically do it from, from your home. But, but for, you know, office-based work in general, you, if you're not offering some sort of hybrid, then then you're, you're out of the game. Yeah. So... Yeah, that should. Yeah, that's sort of part of it, of what you offer, but it's not the big attraction that you think it is. You know, the, the, if you were saying we can do five days a week um, that that someone can work from home, then that's that's all of a sudden that becomes attractive to some people. It might not to others, but it, it is something that you you allow. If you say we are completely flexible on our hours, we we only manage for the outcomes. As long as you get your outcome, we don't really care when you work. That's a bit attractive yeah. for it. Yeah. So you know, you, you, and you have to break it down as to what it really is. Is it, it because the the other thing is if these things start getting offered by everybody in general, 
they're not all of a sudden a benefit. They're just an expectation. That's, yeah, that's right. One hundred percent. It that, becomes the default. Yeah, that's right. And so everybody's doing it. So you're not really doing it in accounting firms. Um, again, years ago, and I'm probably showing my age here. Uh, it, it used to be all oh, we'll we'll help pay for your professional studies. Yeah. And, well, at the moment, if you're not now? if you're not paying for the professional yeah. studies, why would I go and work? Yeah, for you? yeah, you're behind the eight ball. Yeah, yeah. sort of thing. So you know, you've got to look at it and. And it, look, yes, you have the things like the the football tables and the you know the bar out the back and you know all the fun stuff and all those things. But the, you really have to get drilled down to the nitty gritty. Yeah, uh, they, they're they're just sort of fluff, uh, I guess. You know, and they they when we had uh, we were talking about you know the, the happiness side De- of De- things. Yeah, we had uh, we had Declan Edwards on from the BU uh, Happiness College. Yep, um, and he, you know he he talked a lot about that and. I guess, you know, th- like you say, things, you know, uh, foosball table, ping pong table, bloody bean bags, blah, blah, blah. They're great. They're, they're great to offer, but they don't replace actual core things that you need to offer that are of value to people. You know, it, you can't you can't band-aid over ruining your employees' mental health by letting them play ping pong at lunchtime. Yeah. That, that doesn't, <laughs> doesn't work. Doesn't that's, work. Not, that's not how it works. Yeah, and it's, it's about that fulfilment uh, and then it's topped up with fun. Yes. the way that he uh, that he described that it. That was great. So, yeah, that's okay. So, yeah, you have to look at it. And, and so th- this is all part of what you do. Th- th- this whole process of, of getting ahead of the eight ball, this proactive side of things, I guess where it starts is really about, you know, th- there's there's two two parts of the equation. One is is finding the people that you want to come and have work for him, and the second part is then convincing them to do so. Yeah. So it really is a, two, a two-part process in that. And, you know, I guess... As a as a recruitment company, as a talent strategist, we we invest heavily in tools and abilities to be able to to find people. Whereas, you know, again, it, you might not you know, think of, depending on the size of your organisation, you might not think I want to spend that much money on all of those tools to try and find yep. somebody. So you have to go other ways about it. Yep. I know, um, you know. Recently, uh, Dion, you delivered a, a bit of a talk on this very topic at uh, one of I our, did. our savvy sessions, and uh, you were sort of talking things around groups and all that sort of stuff on Facebook yeah. and that sort of thing. So, tell us about that, that, that sort of stuff. Yeah, I, I guess well, I, before I do, I'll just come back to. So, we were talking about sort of your EVP and workforce planning, and those are with regards, I guess, with regards to rea- uh, proactive recruitment. Um, for someone who talks about it a lot, I get them confused often. But pro- proactive recruitment, those are really the two, th- they're the two starting points for mine, is you've got to work out, okay, who it is, who, who is it that we're going to need over the next 12 months? And at the same time as doing that, you want to be working out, do we have a solid EVP? And if we don't, then we better get one. And that's not, I'll, I'll give you the heads up now, that is not a 10-minute task. That is a, you've really got to put some thought into that and you've got to pull... You've got to you've got to draw on potentially lots of people within your organisation because you, if you're I don't know if you're a, a warehousing business um, you might not know what you offer that is of benefit to the people on the shop floor or you you might not know what it is that they want so you might not know what you could offer that would be a benefit to people who work in the different area of the business than you yeah. right so. And it's going to find that out too. Like yeah, you've got to had, invest had, in going and finding find that out. You've got to talk to people. You've got to communicate. And, and you also got to make sure that they're communicating it and they're not just giving you the answer that you want to hear. Yeah. Um, you know, like you're working the top for what? Why do you work here? Oh, it's great. I love it. You're, you guys are so nice. 
and then under their breath they're going, you know, well, this this guy's an idiot. Yeah. You know, I can't work with him. So you you want to make it, you know, in a in a way where people don't feel threatened that they're they're going to lose their job or anything like that, or you know, their their um, promotion is going to be inhibited by giving you the real information that you want. It, it's a little bit like that. You know, undercover boss TV show. You know, you got to go down yeah, there and work yeah, alongside yeah, them, and you, and you find out what they, you know, what they're all about. But yeah, that, that's that's it. I think, and and I think when we go and expand on all of these areas of this project strategy, yeah, there's even like with our, our clients that we do the talent management services for, for under our talent pipelining, we go we go down, and we sit down, and we work this out with them. Um, there are there are professionals out there that just do this. Yeah, like, all they do is that. You know. Um, um, employer branding yeah. type stuff and, and EDP sort of stuff. So as you say, it's not something that – and look, it's definitely not something that you can throw through chat GPT. Yeah, for sure. It. It's just yeah. what is our what is our, employer What's our EVP? EVP? Because yeah. The, it, yeah, I can tell you what, if you don't know it, I'm sure as hell that chat, chat GPT not, doesn't know it. Yeah. Know it. You're right. You, 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 you threw to me there just before about sourcing um, and, and the groups and stuff and what I part of you know what I spoke about when I did that talk. I think what we might have to do, I'm just conscious of the time because we've talked a lot about, uh, well, we've, we've talked on the stages of workforce planning and and developing an EVP, and as I said, to me those are two those are two sort of stages right at the start of the process that that can happen concurrently. And then I think when you when you have completed both of those, now you're getting down to kind of the rubber meeting the road around. Okay, we know roughly who we need. We need you know whatever car salesmen, and we need technicians, and we need detailers, and blah blah blah. We need all these people for our business in the next twelve months. Who do we need? Okay, what story can we tell them about why we're great to work? work here and now as I said now the rubber meets the road and it's time to start sourcing it was time to start finding these people and getting them together in some kind of mechanism where we can talk about them so I think we'll do an episode on uh, sourcing and that's probably at least Gaz I would say at least one episode Um, we'll we'll probably do so we'll we'll, this this um, proactive versus reactive recruitment is probably going to be a series of podcasts we think maybe might be four or five episodes actually because it is a big I mean it's a massive topic really so um, you know we've talked about you doing your workforce planning so that in itself will probably do a a whole podcast on workforce planning and we might get someone in who's a specialist in that to to talk about that Um, we'll we'll do one on EVP we know we know a couple of good um, employer branding people that we'll get in. We'll definitely do at least one episode on sourcing and, and at least one on, uh, I guess, how you communicate with these people. Yeah. How, how, do you, how do you get across? So you've done all this work, you've figured out who they are, what, what you think they want to um, know and what you want them to believe about working for your organisation. Now, how do you actually physically go and communicate with these people? <laughs> Thanks for listening. Please rate, review and subscribe so we can reach more people. And don't forget, if you want to submit a question for our Talent Bites section, you can do so on our website, tworecruitersonemic.com. See you next time.